0: Hello everyone, this is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's Natural Soy Candles feature inventive scent combinations in glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hand-purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's Candles Woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram.
1: Have you ever wanted to your shit together.
2: Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first, world problems are getting you down. Disabled, something needed a laugh to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor.
1: Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual eye. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly Ambergee.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Remember, you can casually subscribe to the podcast wherever you stream your audio, or just check us out on Facebook, Watch, and YouTube. But now that we got that out of the way, we are going to introduce one of my favorite people, comedian Rena Com. The crowd goes wild. Here she is. Rina, why don't hey. you tell us where you're at right now? <laughs> I am parked
1: legally near Lake Tahoe on the California side. Oh, wow. Uh, at a market that seems to be closed probably for the season. So I'm thinking I'm fine. <laughs> But if you hear some noise, that's cars and yeah, my car, my house. I'm coming to you from here.
0: (laughs) I know she's got her roommate. She's got the pine cone back there. So, (laughs) you know,
1: just moved in this week.
0: (laughs) I'm laughing because she was just like, here's my roommate. It's here. I'm just like, first of all, I'm so happy to see you. I've been like watching you on Instagram Uh, just to give a background of how I met Rena. I actually had the lovely opportunity of being able to feature for Arena Com when she came to <laughs> O'Fallon, Missouri, and I was so excited to meet you because I like followed you on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, she's so funny, and everybody, you know, we are based here in St. Louis, and everybody here always spoke really highly of you, so when I got the opportunity to work with you, I was like, oh my gosh even though it was in weird, like, pandemic circumstances. I was like, I got to be oh, with yeah. Rena, I got it. And so I remember I went into the bathroom at the club, and I remember I was like, oh, I got to clean up, because, like, this is going to be the first time Rena's going to see me. Like, I'm in my mask and everything. And then I see you just, like, at the sink. And I was, we both at the same time were just like, Hi. It's so nice yeah. to meet you. I had, like, such a long day. And then didn't you have something happen with your car? Or, like, what was the whole background with that? <sighs> <laughs>
1: like, honestly, it's like, okay, like, uh, there's been so many times doing comedy that, or doing, like, a storytelling show where I, like, stressed mm-hmm. out. I'm like, I don't I don't have anything to I don't have any stories. I'm not like a storytelling style comic. Yeah. But then stuff like that happens and you're like, oh my God. Okay.
0: (laughs) Where do we begin?
1: (laughs) It was a nightmare. I mean, the whole saga really started back in Vegas. I guess it should have stayed there. But uh... (laughs) my car started my house. I just built this bed in here last year. So my engine started making noise in vegas and eventually when i got to st louis like ended up having to get a whole new engine and transmission put in which (laughs) uh, you save money on gas with a prius but the price of that repair i wanted to drink gas so (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah they did a whole like transplant and i picked my car up finally because it took longer than they said of course um like the day of the shows and the engine light had gone on and I called the repair place. They're like, yeah, it should be fine, uh, but let us know how it goes. And then <laughs> on the way to O'Fallon, like halfway from St. Louis to O'Fallon, like my car dashboard just started lighting up and I made it to the next exit, which was of course the airport um, and like, I can't even express to you the feeling of haven't done comedy in months, have to headline a club that I've never been to before. Uh, the pandemic, of course, as we all are used Another to and hook. prepared for. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Uh, all that's going on. I just paid more money than I never paid for anything in my life for this car to get fixed. Uh, and... I was watching an old comedy set or not watching. Oh my God. I was driving, but like, you know, I was playing one on YouTube to listen One hundred. and no, but really like it was actually one in St. Louis. It was one of the times that I got to do helium there. Um, like one of the nights I got to close out and I was like, Oh man, I was feeling like, oh, like I was good at comedy. <laughs> and then the lights went off on the dashboard and my car, I got to the exit, but my car just kind of like stopped rolling. It like rolled to a stop before I could get to a proper parking place. And like, uh, I-, I can't describe how it feels to be like watching yourself do comedy while your life is failing, you know, like.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. You've just
1: gone through literally everything to like make it work, like under, I, I had so much anxiety about doing those shows and it was such like a head game to like get in the zone for it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so to like, try so hard and like (laughs) $6,000 for a ride there. And then (laughs) anyway, that happened and then to make it even worse. Okay. So, uh, because it's by the airport. You can't just, like, be parked there, but I couldn't, no, like, yeah. my car wouldn't move. Right. So yeah. a, a police officer came uh, to, like, sit and wait with me for the tow truck. That's nice. And I don't know if you know about <laughs> me, but I don't really like the police. <laughs> I, there, you know, I'm sure there are some good apples, um, but... <laughs> Uh, I was arrested last year, so I get high anxiety. My friends and I got pulled over. He, they said he was speeding. He was not. One hundred percent was not. Oh, sorry. Um, and we were right by the California border, and the cop was not even wearing a mask. Speaking of O'Fallon, um, so uh, yeah, a cop had to like give me a ride because you can't ride in the tow truck because of the COVID stuff. Oh, so Jesus. a cop I didn't had even to
0: think give of me that. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So a cop had to give me a ride to the uh, airport terminal and I was kind of like scrambling to get what I needed for the weekend because I I was still kind of like freaking out of like do I go to the shows because I like I don't know I'm not feeling so confident and strong right now or do I just take an Uber back to St. Louis like I don't know what to do Uh, but obviously like uh, yeah I I'm glad it, it happened. It was lovely to work with you. Well, that's but... what I'm
0: saying is, like, you went through, like, that's why I wanted, to, like, not to, like, highlight this traumatic experience you went through, but you went through all this trauma. and I have so much, like, respect for you because, A, you were one of my favorite headliners to work with, but, B, obviously, because you and I connected, we had a great time, but... Also, you are like, an amazing
1: feature, and I'm not just saying that. Like, uh, very fun to work with you too. And anyway, yeah, it's nice anybody, to see you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, anyway, if anybody's listening, uh, Rena and I are in love. Thank you. Why I was saying I enjoyed working with you was that after going through this whole traumatic experience, you went and like murdered each show. And in these pandemic times, you came out. Like a lot of comedians, like I've listened to, like I was just talking about, I've listened to podcasts where, you know, a lot of comedians are like, you know, and that is a thing right now. Like, do we perform in a pandemic? You know, what do we do? And a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to wear a hazmat suit, but I've never seen anybody do it. And then Rena, you went and you fulfilled that prophecy that like so many uh-huh. people on podcasts are talking about. And it was hysterical because no one was expecting it, but it was like one of the, top parts of the show that everybody was... So, like, everybody that was walking out was like, oh, my God, when you came out in that hazmat suit, like, where did you come up with, like, that idea? Did you hear other people, too? Or were you like, this is just something I want to do as a performer?
1: Uh, <laughs> it's a layered uh, journey of lots of reasons that that weekend went how it did. And, you know, I, I did... It was a rush, first of all, just to... um like to not let myself get in my head that I wouldn't be able to do a headlining set, you know, um, cause it had been so long anyway. And then the hazmat suit, I'm, I'm more straight edge. I feel like I really love comics. The comics that make me laugh the most are like the silliest weirdos. Mm-hmm. And I'm not usually like that at all. So for me, that was really stepping out of my uh, comfort zone, but oh. I kind of like, I have something I like to, keep in mind if possible is uh whenever I'm doing a show is I have this thing of like always try to surprise yourself when you're up there because it's fun for you and the audience you know mm-hmm. uh and the hazmat it was obviously planned but yeah I had a lot of hesitation about doing an indoor show but I couldn't afford to pass up the gig I was really deeply uncomfortable that nobody in that whole town, I mean, you can't even blame the comedy club, but nobody in that whole town was wearing a mask. Um, You know, stupidity in a group as a group activity does not, it actually makes you more stupid when you're just doing the dumb thing all the other dumb people are doing. Um, Still a great crowd, great shows. I'm not saying the audience was dumb. I'm not saying they weren't, but... (laughs) You know like it was still a great crowd and i had fun but the the hazmat suit also came from a place of uh first of all i'd seen a friend do it somebody who i really look up to he's hilarious he did it one time at uh in nashville his name's steven spinola and he did it like early on kind of before it was like even a safety idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that mine was also, you know, definitely over the top. Let's also note, I wore a thong over the you did. hazmat yes. suit. Mm-hmm. Questionable. And so that's the thing. Like people are like, wow, that was like, I can't believe she wore the hazmat suit. But then like, I've had so many moments since then of thinking like, uh, oh no, did we freeze?
0: No, we're good. Yeah. Okay. I can see I've that, had yeah. so many moments
1: <laughs> since then of like being like, there are people in O'Fallon, Missouri that watched me like, do that that's ridiculous
0: yes and like i i still remember it to this day like I, I remember my parents were like how did it go and i was like mom like the headliner walked out she had a hazmat suit on and my mom's like well now i want you to get one i was like maybe i will at this point point, you know that's an italian mom for you she's like if i see if i hear well, somebody else have it i want you to have it now and i'm like okay the, sounds good the other <laughs> reason is that I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast,
1: but right before my weekend there, somebody had showed me that the owner of the club um, had commented on one of my colleagues' Facebook posts about her cleavage, and I was already really anxious about performing, not just doing a headlining set rest, like, with no practice, um, and not just doing a headlining set in a Let's say more reddish hue of a purple room, um, uh, more red than blue. And as a woman and with like the year that we've had, that's an extra. It's something I've like gotten used to, but kind of don't really have a taste for anymore mm-hmm. in general. As I feel like I have to kind of um, change what I want to do in order to make them accept me and make them. Get on board and just be comfortable and i love i ultimately it doesn't matter if we agree i love making people laugh and have fun so i can do that but it's harder yeah. uh mm-hmm. so the owner of the club i was the first woman to headline uh and i had seen him comment on a friend of mine's cleavage online and Part of reason for wearing the hazmat suit, aside from setting an example and like a bargaining deal of like, okay, you guys don't wear any masks. Well, I'm going to wear 75 masks and you'll let me keep one on. Um, But also, I really just didn't want the owner or anybody to be able to look at my body because this was hard enough. And honestly, conservative crowds have more of a tendency. I'm sure every crowd might think it maybe, but conservative crowds have more of a tendency to like catcall a woman when she's performing and give you feedback about your body. So I just didn't want that to be an option for anybody. And I wanted to just like, to, it was very liberating to just focus on telling jokes and not even have the slightest care of how I looked up there. Cause I couldn't wear makeup either. It was uh, interesting show. Yeah. yeah, I like to get decked out. I like to dress up. So that was like a real different time.
0: Well, that's what I was saying is like what I love about, and maybe you can kind of explain that with, that, just segue right into my next question is that, you know, you have this personality and like this, like really just bold attitude of being like, I don't care. I'm here to laugh. Like this is going to be fun. Is this something that you as a comedian always had? Was this something that you kind of found in like your voice later on? Tell us kind of, like, your backstory, Like, how did this, how did, how did we come to RENACOM today?
1: <laughs> what a question. Here? <laughs> let me just tell you, let me just tell you also, in this moment that we're talking, I literally don't know what I'm doing next. Uh, if my shows this weekend are canceled and I'm driving back to Wisconsin, or if I'm going to go to Oregon and make enough money to get through the end of the year, has we're waiting to hear, it's a casino show, so we're waiting to hear back from the Tribal Council uh, if they're going to go along with the governor's restrictions. So I'm a little bit just, like, very uh, extra zen out, but, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure I'm, like, highly anxious and agitated, but uh, I kind of just, like, don't let that... Oh, take over my point of saying that is that um I've uh being on the road has made me like super flexible and um able to just kind of like roll with whatever's happening uh and what brought me I, I mean every comic has like a, probably a backstory like I'm sure you and all your friends that you know in comedy have had bad things happen or mental health issues or some reason that is their like origin story for why they started doing comedy. And I know about myself that like I'm the oldest of four and you know, we had kind of a bad family life for the whole time. No, just most of it. And like, (laughs) I I kind of, for a lot of reasons, like, being in like a mental health facility as a child and like being with young kids and like, you just, I don't know, I've always had this instinct of like wanting to make sure everybody's okay and having a good time. And honestly, right now, not that, I mean, yeah, casino shows, it's all crazy, but right now I don't get nervous about performing no matter how rusty I am, because what I know is that anybody who's watching a show especially right now just wants to see whoever's on stage like show them that they're okay for right now you know like they've got it covered and like i don't know how it works if it's like a defense mechanism mixed in with i don't know what how humor actually like happens but that's like my go-to some people are like amazingly like warm and kind and i'm i'm like Dorothy from Golden Girls, where it's like some of us, we don't always want to be funny, you know, we're just tall and depressed.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's honest, though. I feel like a lot of people, like even for me, like I know that I come off as like a very positive person, but you have to work on that for a long time, you know, like I come from a blended family and I was the youngest. So I was the only child between my two parents and you know like when you are trying to kind of like figure out who you are and things like you know i it's not that i necessarily had it like terrible but you know like there's a lot of things that you learn when you have older pam you know parents and then things that happen before you were born so then when you start Uh like kind of getting older i think that's kind of how i fell into comedy was that i had seen so much being the youngest sibling And, you know, being in theater, I it's a it's an interesting thing that you were like, like a defense mechanism, like you go to humor, because that's how I was too. like, if I ever saw something I didn't like, or I was nervous about, you know, something, you know, going a certain way, like humor was just the place to find it. So I think you're actually being super honest, because a lot of times people are like, oh, you do comedy, like, you must be the happiest person in theater. Entire world, I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I think also there's like, I think there's,
1: I've had the complete opposite of that too, of like, actually very disrespectfully, a doctor, I was getting um, like an ultrasound on my leg for like a medical issue. Oh wow! And a doctor, it's still an issue. Don't even get me started. Like, (laughs) but the, the doctor, just when he found, as soon as somebody finds out you're a comedian. It's just really frustrating because I don't have health care, so I pay for everything out of pocket. And, like, I've had this experience several times where as soon as they find out I do comedy, they want to talk to me about every experience they've had with comedy. And then this doc, and that's frustrating because I'm like, could we talk about my leg? My leg. Um, yeah. <laughs> my leg, you know? Like, and then this mm-hmm. doctor, this doctor was super rude. He was saying stuff like, well, I know since you're a comedian, you probably have poor mental health, and, you know, Robin Williams, it's like, Okay, uh, you are not a like. That's not helpful right now. (laughs) Um, No, not at all. Um, But yeah, other people just like, oh, tell me a joke. Like they don't understand. And you, I don't know. Like I said, it's like you want to just like make people feel better. So even in those awkward conversations, you try to find a way to like politely get your way out of it. But and this is like maybe a sad outlook on comedy, even though it's like I think also honest. Yeah. That I think comedy is kind of like the height of the service industry um, where it's like, you know, I mean, there's obviously there's an art to it. Not that there isn't for like service, but like uh, obviously there's like more of like, a, you know, there's an art to it. But it's also like your main objective if you're working is to like make sure they're having a good time you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I too, I see what you're saying. I don't think it's necessarily like negative. It's just that like, you are like, I don't know, I don't want to say like providing a service, but like, you do feel like, at least for me personally, like if I made somebody feel good, or, like, you know, or like serve them a good time, like, I'd be like, here's like funny on a platter, but it does, it does kind of bring like that community aspect to it, which I kind of wanted to find out, you know, you've been, So like I said earlier, I've been following you on Instagram. You have been doing so many outdoor shows and your audience seems to really connect with you. Has there been, I mean, unless you like have like, you know, you just love everywhere you've been. Is there a certain place that like you've been doing as you've been traveling around the country um, that has really, you know, you had a great time with the audience. You felt like they understood where you were like not coming from, but just kind of like, you know, sometimes related to your material or just tell us a good place that you've been to that you've been loving. Cause I can't cover all the places. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's so many. And it's, that's like, honestly, something I've been struggling with is like trying to pick where to like, I was going to move to LA this year, but like, Mm-hmm. and I'm staying in Wisconsin now, and I stayed in St. Louis, like, it's so hard to pick a permanent spot now, just yeah. because it's like, I've seen so many places that I'm like, I kind of like, there's good and bad everywhere, and you never know where you're going to have like that amazing, like, magic night, but I will say the Kansas City scene, like, sorry, no, it's also in Missouri, but uh, I didn't get to do the outdoor show in St. Louis, so I have I can't even I can't say that Chris Sear like sent me some of the pay they get or something anyway, which was really kind of him cause they moved it indoors. And I just, I, it's one thing to take the risk on for yourself, but on a tour, I'm staying with so many people. I just right. like, I have to be like super strict about my boundaries and yeah, I'm literally only going in these casinos cause they're paying me enough to survive. Um, anyway, Oh, what was the question? Oh, so <laughs> My favorite place? I say,
0: yeah, just a favorite place. Because, like I said, you've just seemed to really have audience um, reciprocate with you. Like in the, at least in these pictures, it looks like you're killing it with these outdoor shows. And I think that. Oh really my gosh! Awesome. Well,
1: like I've had so many pictures from me on stage that my favorite comedy pictures and the ones that I'll absolutely share if I can are the ones where you see the audience laughing. Like that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I think it's a combination I think everybody's like not to discredit myself like I think I'm doing well for especially being rusty but I also think that and I'm trying to keep it fresh but also using stuff that I know works for the right people Um, but yeah I don't know like uh, Kansas City the crowds are super um, progressive I feel and generous, but also it was very cold while I was there. So I got to give them a shout out because by the time I go up, they're like freezing and you know, then it turns into like, I could just see people kind of like moving towards the fire and it made me feel it's like, they're still into it though. And it's like, that's incredible. You know, like you feel like your closer is like the bus we're all waiting for and it's freezing out, but people are like, um, so yeah, that was very cool. And one of my favorite shows of the whole tour was in Denver, um, Ben Bryant he's a comic in Denver he was running I'm sure they're shut down right now but he was running a show at uh, an outdoor place where they really it felt like a real show and I really just like felt like a real comic again for 15 minutes but yeah I like really couldn't pick a favorite because I've had probably good and bad shows in a lot of places I would skip Delaware
0: okay <laughs> i've never been so who knows maybe i will skip
1: it a lot of coastline but like mm, no thank you i'm good yeah sorry joe biden
0: yeah oh. <laughs> i sorry i don't know too much about it so i can't comment as much but i like i said i love the idea that you're using your connections like i saw you actually went to my hometown of cincinnati um, yeah, oh, I love yes. C- Oh yeah.
1: Cincinnati was a blast mm-hmm. also. Oh my God. It feels like a month ago now. That one was super fun. And Wayne Mehmet runs the, um, bomb Away Comedy. Yeah. yeah and he mm-hmm. just, he's done, I think like of no shade to anybody else, but I think he's done probably the most thorough job of like, just being like very, like, he's got a very good system to keep it safe and efficient and still like at whatever level it can be profitable. And, Um, yeah, he has a really good system there for sure.
0: Oh yeah, Wayne, I met him actually, I did a Christmas show last year in um Cincinnati at Go Bananas and Wayne was the host and he was so like gracious and so nice. He was like, Anytime you come back to Cincinnati, just let me know and he let me do his like out of towner show, which was really cool. So when I saw you into Cincinnati, I was like, Oh my God, she's in my hometown.
1: (laughs) Well it must be awesome to go back there now that you've been working in St. Louis and like it's like not it's different to like go somewhere kind of with material rather than like where you're building it up. You know, that's kind of like I guess the Fix that got me hooked on touring. It's like, you know, you. I I, I, it definitely slowed down my writing. Living in a city definitely, I think, pushes you to generate more content and try more new stuff. As the same people are seeing it a lot,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: which is it's not like one's better than the other, but yeah, um, getting your stuff in front of a new crowd and like, yeah, that's why it's hard to pick a favorite because like you, and that's why it works that's what my 50-state goal was about, like to be able to say that these jokes have been tested in 50, like I know they work everywhere. Yes. It's not like appealing to this, you know, I used to write a lot more Chicago-centric jokes when I lived there, you know, mm-hmm. so I try to just, I don't know, that's not an issue anymore. <laughs> right. um, Not that anybody can really relate to what I'm doing, but...
0: (laughs) But I love Um, the idea that you had, like, what was the backstory? Because you you were saying you're like, oh my gosh, I like do all this, you know, I'm going and doing material in different places. What made you think, like, when did you know that it was time to kind of branch out? I guess is what I'm asking. Like, when you were like, you know what, I've got this 50 state goal. This is what I'm going to do. When did you feel uh, in your career that you were ready?
1: It definitely did not make the 50 state goal until I had already gotten to like 30 or so. Like it just, it all very much happened. Like I'm thrilled with how it's gone for the most part, but it all just kind of like one thing led to another. Um, And next thing you know, it was like a full-time thing. And I felt like it was a better choice to get rid of my apartment, which has been, I think a good thing this year. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, He can't evict me. Uh, (laughs) My squatter's rights are when I go to the bathroom. Um, But
0: (laughs) on that side. um, The other side that we can't see. That's okay, though.
1: (laughs) I cover his eyes.
0: Got, we had to cover the pine cone. We had to cover the roommates. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but it definitely, to answer your question, though, it definitely just started very much like even how you're already doing this, of how you live in St. Louis, but you're branching out as far as whatever, like Cincinnati, but even mm-hmm. just O'Fallon, like it's baby steps. And you just kind of slowly build this network because I feel like each place you go gets you in touch with people like the next town over. And so... You know, it started very slowly of just doing like these little small loops of trying to string together like a few shows to make my way like I would get booked one good paying gig and then just I mean, also at first uh, I was like spending money that I got like stock money when I quit Grubhub, which I probably should have stayed, but <laughs> no, I'm not, I definitely do not need that. I used to drive that. for uh,
0: Postmates, so I still have my car. Me too. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I have my Postmates
1: bag. It's yeah. in the trunk because I feel like if somebody sees that, they'll be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna rob her. She's got a sad life. She drives Postmates."
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm sure that people feel that about me too. So it's okay. <laughs> Except like you at least have the decency. You're just like, here's this. I'm just like in the front seat. I'm like, this is my life. This this is Postmates. I'm going to shake shot. Here we go. It just Yeah. When I first started doing it, I almost gave like, cause you know when you just are like in a rush and I was doing it, there was like multiple weekends I was doing it on. And I had a Friday night where it's just like bing, 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 bing. And I was so rushed, I accidentally just gave my whole postmates bag to the person, and they were like, Excuse me, ma'am. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm being called ma'am. This is not a good
1: situation. That's never a good one. Never a good one. Uh, Actually,
0: (laughs) Postmates was a big part of me touring starting out, though. I was doing it a
1: lot. Like, I mean, I worked my way up to building profitable tours, but I wouldn't say that that really even started till a couple years ago. Um, I was probably, I don't know, that's not necessarily true, but mostly breaking even and mostly just trying to get out as many places as I could and, like, save up to do these things or I would have to like get to Massachusetts for a wedding or get to Texas for a thing. So I would, instead of flying, find a way to make it about me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But plan stops every six hours so that, you know, I could just do shows along the way and the way back I had to travel anyway. And that's the kind of branching out I'm talking about of like all, eventually you start booking the paid gigs. So then you'd book like, let's say you're doing a paid gig in Indiana and you just try to book stops to make a loop and then the loops just started getting bigger and it started turning into like well where do I want to go and I would always try to if I was going to do a loop try and I mean there's been times that I left for like a 14-day tour with like $30 in my account and just like I was Postmates, Postmating in some places, like you could do it anywhere. I once delivered coffee to the mayor of Denver, uh, not the of bad. Down.
0: what? Yeah. How did that go I down? mean,
1: his, <laughs> his assistant, his assistant picked it up and she was pretty rude, but yeah, it's just Postmates. <laughs> I was just doing Postmates in Denver. Um, I love it, yeah. Or I mean, merch, you have to have merch on the road. I mean, like I used to only have my horse pussy buttons and honestly those would like get me from town to town um just selling those for like people will give you like tips gas money and i was eating rb sliders every day between two and five because they were a dollar and then that habit led me to become vegan and, <gasps> <slowly laughs> and it's more expensive but yeah i mean i've actually made i think i'm gonna i am i am gonna say this i'm not only one of the few female road comics like there's been, Carmen Morales used to be living out of her car for years. There's a few, Laurie Kilmartin was like a major road comic. Like there's a lot of women that have done it, but there's not like a bunch of female road dogs. And there's definitely not a bunch of road comics who like have found ways to become healthier while they're doing it. <laughs>
0: and you're like um, check check
1: <laughs> there you go yeah i like i quit drinking i'm mo- well mostly and i'm it's not like a problem it's like just like a choice uh,
0: so. and- i'm right there with you yes people yeah. are like are you okay and i'm like guys, I just have, like, slowed down a minute. I just turned 30. Could you give me a second to breathe? I appreciate it. But you feel the only like people that
1: <laughs> The only people that have a problem with you not drinking are the people that are drinking. It's like, you know, like, I mean, obviously, addiction is real, and I'm not belittling that. But, like, mm-hmm. I've, even, like, my mom, like, it's when I used to be back home visiting and, like, have a show that night, I wasn't going to drink with the family during the day because I have a show. And they'd always be like, okay. And it's like, shouldn't you be like, oh, cool. You have your life together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. It's just like, hello, I have, like, have a complete different standard for myself now. And people like should be yeah. like, good for you. But you're just like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go have the standard for me. And everybody right. can just... <laughs> But good for you i'm just like i said i'm just so impressed with everything that you're doing i like i said i love that you're so like i hate to be like true to yourself but i do love that you you know what i mean though like you're just so true to yourself but you know what i mean like <laughs> all right holla back there we go but i yeah i don't know i just i'm just so impressed that you've been able to still continue to bring comedy even during this time it shows a lot. What I feel like, at least, it really shows a lot in the character of a person. That you know, there are these Thank different. It, it's true, though. It's you know, I understand because I'm trying to make it work with even just like my podcast and all the. You're things killing it. Doing it! Oh, thanks, Yeah. Melo. There's just yeah, a lot of love in on this episode, and I am all here for it. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I
0: love it, but that's what I'm saying. Like you've been able to, you know do all these outdoor shows you're still helping the community and what's really cool to see because like you said earlier you love the audience pictures which i do too actually it's we're very similar in that regard because you're like this is so great because you love like what's good to know about like a good comedian like yes like obviously who doesn't love a good picture of themselves but It's always cool to see the reaction of, like, somebody else and, like, how you made them feel. And I love seeing these people, like, coming to outdoor shows and being like, all right, like, it's been a crazy year. And I need, like, uh," a lot of times I'll have people tell me, like, oh, it was nice to just even escape, even just for... 10 minutes you know
1: i had like a yeah like a show i did in uh, memphis one time and they have like that big like children's hospital there and these people came up after my show and they told me that like their kids you know like in the icu and they just came there to laugh and like i didn't know that but it's like you don't know why people are there i think that there's i try really hard to practice like like i don't know i feel like it's more comfortable for me at this point but like it takes the pressure off of me to remember that I'm there for them, you know, because, uh, yeah, like it's a really, especially when you start getting like your podcast is like getting attention or anything, you know, like it's a, it's a kind of a weird head game and not everybody handles it well when you start getting attention for doing this. Um, so I like to just remember, especially when I'm on stage. Sorry, I'm like dark now. Um, Especially (laughs) when I'm on stage, that like, oh, the light's getting dark this way. (laughs) That, you know, it's for
0: them and not me. There we go. We got some lighting. We got it. It's right. This is like the issues of the pandemic. Like literally it's like, what's my, like when I used to, especially when I would record in my room, I bought a shower curtain and I had to buy a ring light. But before I got the ring light, I had a desk lamp that I would shine. So obviously the ring light was much nicer, but the desk lamp was just, it was a hot mess. It was like very Phantom of the Opera. So but my just,
1: ring light is fading is what's the issue here really. So it's running out.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, you look good though. You look good.
1: Thank you. I'm just amazed my phone is still working because real talk, like, yeah, all my equipment is busted and like, I'm a little bit nervous about, I'm totally in support of doing all the virtual stuff and thank you for like having this set up and sure, it's, you know, yeah. awesome. But yeah, like all my equipment is bogus. And so I'm really like, even if I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of like this shows this weekend, like the, I was going to use the money to like Black Friday, get myself like the equipment that I need to be able to like continue doing this stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, or I'll just drive back to Wisconsin. I don't know, but we'll find out hopefully tomorrow. It's like, insane i don't know what's going on but that's real
0: talk like that like you know a lot of people don't realize too like even just for e-learning like sometimes e-learning isn't as like available per se just because a lot of maybe like there's families who don't own a laptop like one of my friends she um she has a good platform she's a like a chef and everything and she helped raise money for her daughter's school to be able to have people who like couldn't afford to have the e learning be able to still participate in it. And there is a truth in that, that is an underlying truth of that. You know, when you are a working artist, like I was a theater major, I gave my whole life to theater for a very long time. I still dabble in it. Uh, when you give your life to something like comedy or the arts, like anything, There's a lot of things that, you know, people don't like from the outside looking in, don't take into account. Like, especially on these days, like you do have to like, you know, you want to try to invest in your future. Sometimes that is investing in a computer, but then a computer can be expensive or a phone. So that's like real talk right there. And so I understand too, because I'll like try to put money aside and be like, all right, where should I put this here? What should I do for this? And like I said, like my ring light, I used a promo code, (laughs) so I got it, but it's, it's hard. It's a it's a definitely I mean, a weird time for sure. Comedy
1: <laughs> has definitely taught me about like leaps of faith this year too. It's like what do you do? You just like you just have to not worry about you have to, you know, be cautious but also just like try.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah. <laughs> just, you just try your try. best. Mhm. Gotta try your best and yeah keep moving
0: <laughs> that's that's I think that's the whole theme of 2020 just keep moving like here we are yeah but what I want to ask you yeah. too is like I said you are like such a good role model and I know you like you're like probably like what but you know like you are a good role because like, <laughs> you're really like what are you saying what advice maybe would you give to people especially like, that are people that are starting in comedy, which I do have a lot of listeners who are like new to it and they kind of listen for different advice from people like you who are touring and working and on the road and do have the experience that you do. What advice would you tell an up and coming comedian who is looking into possibly pursuing comedy, especially during like a weird time such as right now?
1: I just think it's important not to like limit what that means and how that looks and um be innovative and i mean i have always wanted to try to do something that nobody else is doing and there couldn't be a better time for ideas like that right now you know i mean it's hard to not have open mics and things like that it's hard to not have access to those things or it's dangerous and fairly stupid uh sometimes but also like that's just how much people need that outlet. And so I just wanna encourage people right now to like channel that towards finding a way to like use that creative energy without needing to make those choices or asking people to make those choices. Um, and be patient because uh, comedy is never going anywhere. Um I, I used to tell this to people a lot when they wanted to, uh, you know, people talk about quitting comedy because of XYZs happening. And one of my, I used to do improv years ago. Um, and one of like the first lessons they teach is like, you have to take care of yourself first. You have to be a person before you can do any of this stuff. And right now people need to use their energy to make sure they're taking care of themselves, make sure, you know, their families are okay, all those things. Comedy is there. It's not going anywhere. It will be there. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, uh, like I said, find ways to be creative. Like, get on YouTube, generate something, put put out something positive on the Internet. Like, Lord knows it could use it. Um, and who knows how this is all going to turn. And, like, we're going to have a whole new landscape. Um, so, yeah, the reason I say be patient is because I quit comedy for several years.
0: Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that.
1: Well, before I started stand up, I used to do improv at mm-hmm. Second, uh, like I took classes at Second City NIO and I.O. and Annoyance in mm-hmm. Chicago, and I did it around town for a, a while. And I just I got burnt out from the bars and the dudes and the you know it's just I was young and
0: yeah, yeah. I, I needed
1: to get my life functioning in a healthy way, which that took a lot longer. But um, yeah, I think we ha- all have uh, ups and downs and. I got back into improv and that led its way to me getting into comedy and then like after a year of getting wasted at my open mic, I decided to take it seriously and then it slowly turned into my job. I mean, you can't direct how these things go, but you also can't force these things to happen and especially right now, you can't push, you can't push it. You can push yourself to like, I don't know, not even, you know, don't even push yourself. Just be kind to yourself you're still funny even if you're not doing an open mic you're still funny and like yeah comedy is just always there and if anything this year has taught us is that even if you don't perform for months you can still perform well and um i wanted to say earlier thinking about like why you kill it how you make people laugh a lot of my jokes are like definitely or at least it used to be like really tight wordplay And I still have a lot of like one liners and stuff like that. But I remember seeing the comedians in cars with Jerry Seinfeld and Gary Shanley. I was
0: getting hoppy. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, the episode of gary i don't always love jerry seinfeld and the things i mean i think he's a one amazing comic like bow down but like yeah like i still really appreciate his perspective even if i'm like stop complaining um (laughs) (laughs) uh no he's actually super zen. he meditates he's meditated for years and it makes me want to do that that that. more.
0: i've been starting to do that and i used to talk like against it and now it's I know it sounds like people are going to be like, okay, Molly, but it's really centered me. I feel like I'm a person. That's how I feel about yoga. Yeah. No, good for you. It's yes. awesome. We are like on the same wavelength, and I'm so happy about yeah. it. Yeah. Go ahead. I interrupted you. I was like, no, I underway. keep interrupting you. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry. Oh, uh, what? It's like <laughs> Zoom or whatever. You can't
1: just, you have to be patient or, ugh, okay. Oh, uh.
0: yeah. <laughs> I know. These freaking virtual things. Like one of these days, I'm not going to be like, hello? <laughs> I'd be like seeing Rena in person just like the good old days but go ahead so you were saying you were watching Comedians in Cars
1: (laughs) the Gary Shandling episode R.E.P you know Jerry Seinfeld asked Gary like how do you like know when you have like the perfect joke like how do you know when the joke is like finished or i forget like something (laughs) it's actually perfect that i can't remember exactly the words for him asking about the wording of a joke um and gary shandling just said the words don't matter like you're giving people your energy so like yeah, you just got to make sure you're giving them good energy, you know, like, you got to have jokes. Oh, yeah, you got to have jokes, but also, like, yeah, you just got to want to show them a good time. You just got to want to be there for them and, like, um, yeah, I don't know. You keep working on the jokes. I don't know. That's, like, I think any artist struggles with knowing when their, like, project is finished or whatever, you know? hmm
0: I was just um, watching, um, so I don't know if you follow Shit's Creek at all, the TV show, um, yeah, And I watched the season finale and then they had this really beautiful documentary on Netflix about like kind of how the show grew and how it was written and how a lot of people who were watching it were like, we're so upset because like you're ending it and we love you guys. But at the same time, I do find whether you watch, I mean, I personally love the show, but what I do love yeah. about like Dan Levy and what he was saying is that Sometimes, like, you know, you never know, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, you know, is it, is this going to be okay? But the way, like, you know that, and I'm exactly, I'm probably going to butcher what he said too. So everybody just watch it and just kind of take the theme that I'm saying right now. But he was saying, if you're a good writer and you know what your worth is, you'll know how to make something come to an end that the audience will be there with you and like be on that same page with you. And not that, like, I or, haven't seen that, yeah. like,
1: by the way, I didn't know it was ending, but that's so like Canadian to like have a plan.
0: <gasps> yes. Right. Like it was so good. And I'm like tearing up, I'm like cooking some onions and I was like, it's the onions, it's the onions, but it was really like Dan Levy. And I just felt so touched by it because it's like, you know, especially in something like comedy you really have to live and breathe it, at least in my opinion, to like, you know, really make something of it. And it's the same. I feel like also I have that, opinion because i was a theater major and i lived and breathed theater sometimes i almost yeah. like forget what it's like to have fun rena like i'm just like like people are like go out and do something like obviously pre-pandemic and i'm just like but yeah. what if i have to do this like and i mean maybe like that's a fault for me that i forget what maybe it's like but you also like you know what i love about you too and i have um I had somebody on my podcast and I'm going to butcher this too, because I can't remember who said this and I'm going to know after we're done recording. But what's great about you is you live a life worth living and you make it interesting. And that comes into your work. So I I don't know. I just feel like you have a, even if maybe you feel like sometimes you don't, at least for me, I feel like you do. So there you go. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I really don't know what to say to that. So thank you a lot. Um, Like, wow, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, but it's also like a, a conscious choice Mm -hmm. um, to like, uh, yeah, just go find focus and on and find what makes you happy. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. just keep leaning towards finding more things that make you feel good. And um, definitely listen to your own voice and not to what anybody else has to say, because I mean, definitely take good, like, you know, listen on a podcast and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) always take, always take good feedback. And uh, Stuart Huff, who's like my hero, he taught me something I really appreciate, which is like, even if somebody's dumb, you listen to them because they might know something, even if they seem dumb. You listen yeah. to them because they might know something that you need to know. And, yeah. I mean, maybe they'll prove that they're just totally dumb and then you can tune out, but give them a chance because right. they might be there to tell you something that you're supposed to hear, you know? Exactly.
0: I love yeah. that. It's kind of like my life motto As people are like, like, I don't know, like some friends, not that I go up to people, I'm like, wow, you're so dumb. But I understand what he's saying. You know what I mean? Though <laughs> I is like, that's my life motto. I just go up to dumb people. And I'm like, but I do well, like, get what he's saying. Yeah.
1: Casino audiences, like, you're all dumb, okay? Like, I know every single one of these people is brutally like unstoppably dumb but you know if I don't get in tune with where they're at it's going to be a really long 40 minutes (laughs)
0: right but that's kind of that's kind of the beauty of it though you're like all right let's get relatable here let's figure it's
2: and then eventually
0: I'm sure maybe you've made some really cool people or cool cool people cool relationships out of it I don't know I've been to a casino show so I don't know but who knows? Well, one I of
1: these wouldn't, days. <laughs> the whole, the feature, he was very, very fun and very nice, yes. Um, and we trauma bonded over how bad the show was. So, you know, we have that a happens. new friendship, so that's, yeah. that's positive.
0: Isn't it amazing but, when you're just in the trenches, how you bond, <laughs> you're just like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that it like brought me out here and I got to like camp in my car on the coast for five days and, um, uh, part of my whole mindset and I'm sure yours too is like focusing on gratitude and especially this year just like you just have to like practice it you have to like remember that you are thankful for things that you do have or outside shows that were warm and like works and you know
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: oh I did get to do one in a wedding barn and that's like as close to as I'll get to one of those uh, that was like
0: Wedding shows are always. Was it a wedding or just in a wedding?
1: No, it was just like the venue was like this beautiful, like too pretty for comedy barn. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that though. That's kind of cute. I. I mean, a wedding barn's always pretty, but I can understand where that's a thing. You're just like, oh, I'm in this like beautiful place doing comedy. No,
1: comedy (laughs) belongs in a basement.
0: (laughs) Well, when all and of it this like, pans out and I like ever get a basement, you bet you're going to be my headliner in the basement <laughs> doing some comedy. I'll be like, headliner Rena calm. And it's going to be like, like, there's the comedy attic. We're going to have the comedy basement. It's going to be great. I hope
1: it's like, like a low ceiling basement where I'm like, Hey,
0: <laughs> you like, listen, she's had some practice. You guys, what I will ask you really quickly before we let you go, because I'm going to make you tell us everywhere we can find you. Earlier, I can't remember if it was on our recording. If it wasn't, I apologize. But earlier, Rena and I were talking, and you had mentioned you just saw a bear right before we started recording.
1: I mean, I've been looking out at cars. But yeah, also for bears, because I saw a fucking bear, and it scaled a fence so fast. It's little brown bear fat ass. I don't know how it even got up there that fast, but oh my God, like I know they're around here and I don't have bear spray. And I also don't have like any open food in my car, except for a protein shake. But what if they, or what if I'm getting my period? Like it's very nerve wracking. <laughs> like, I don't know, is that real? But like, yeah, bear. So I guess my trip's coming to an end because I've seen the bear and I think it was a little bear. Anyway, yeah, there's bears in Tahoe, bear. it's bear country. And this car is also not fit for these roads. Like, this, you need to have a four-wheel drive, like, SUV around here. So my little Prius is like, I just feel like people, if they see it, are like, you better get out of here, man. Because, like, <laughs> on the snow and stuff and, yeah, bears can open Uh, doors and stuff
0: like trust me I've watched a lot of National Geographic and I'm always like like they had a whole special I believe it was on National Geographic when I was younger and it was about Yellowstone Park and I was like oh I like nature I'd like to go and then I saw like these bears like opening up cars and I remember being like seven and going oh they can do yeah and like my mom was like yeah bears can be smart sometimes and I was like oh That's smart that they can open up a door. (laughs) It's just, I don't know, but. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with bears. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I I shouldn't be so afraid of seeing a bear crossing this. Not that I'm afraid, but like I shouldn't be as worried about bears considering how many truck stops I've slept in. You know, it's like, come on. Uh, <laughs> you know,
0: hey, that's I a like gay joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you so much. I'm so happy. Oh, I love you, you too. On. Thank you. Thank again. you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's me, you know, when it's I mean, I know it's getting cold, but just know anytime you need a place to stay, uh, you know oh, that my thanks. home is your home. So feel free to come on back to St. Louis. I know it's not Kansas City, but come on. No, I love. I feel bad
1: for. <laughs> That St. Louis show could have been – it had food trucks, so it could have been the best one of all, so I won't know. But, yeah, anyway, <laughs> Kansas City, it was cold out, so they get poised. right.
0: I, like, I actually went to Kansas City last year for the first time, and, you know, our mutual friend Stephen Taylor is He's, uh, he's the best. Stephen Taylor, great person. Shout-out to Stephen. I just did a show recently with him as well with Chris Sear, so a lot of name-dropping right now. But uh, it was just so great to catch up with him. But he's from Kansas City, so, I mean, if – every Kansas city citizen is like Steven Taylor. I mean, it's gotta be a good place. <laughs>
1: He's like the Kansas city comedy dad. Uh, and there's just like a bunch of great people there. But yeah, you, if you're looking me up, you can find me at formerly fat Steven on Instagram. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, I was hosting the show and I didn't want to call him Fat Steven, but he had this cardigan on. And I was like, you can follow Chris. And then, like, I forget who – I forget. uh, Tommy Dangerfield. I was like, Cardigan Steven. And I'm your host, Molly Ambergee. And everybody was like, (laughs) Cardigan Steven. I was like, sorry to – you know bring bring notice to your cardigan but
1: (laughs) he and i have also trauma bonded like you get a unique bond with somebody when you've done one of those shows that like uh, the shows went well but i think just because of covid and everything and what i was going through like you were like oh okay i can count on her being very nice and sane and regular and safe <laughs> like, and then you gave me a ride home, so nice, like
0: yeah. Oh so glad we got to hang
1: out I love but. that you
0: called me nice and sane that makes me feel I'm gay. it's documented oh my god, so, <laughs> it's <here>. so much <laughs> I'll but, put it in writing I'll put it, I'll put it in <laughs> writing, oh I love it I'm mean, going to be like, listen, if any doubts, I'm very nice and very sane to work but we, like I said, we had a great, I had a great time with you, so that's why I always like but people yeah, are, like, like, everybody's like, how was working with Rena, i'm like she was a baller she made it work she's got a oh yeah you've got a special called comedy that's on you know you have the too. comedy special yes. yeah the best place to follow me
1: is on instagram i post a lot of travel pics mm-hmm. um facebook whatever and then my website is where you can find all of my merch and stuff my book of puns my uh, orgasm mug and all of my photo prints it's at Com.
0: All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Again, that was Rena Com. She's a great comedian. You're going to love her. Check her out. And remember that you can always check out the Casually Molly podcast wherever you casually subscribe to your podcast. But I really appreciate your time. Last question I'm going to ask you. Oh, of course. I know. I'm like, here we go. And I
1: always quick compliment. You're, like re- you're really good at hosting a podcast and good at interviewing. I've done a lot of them. I'm just saying. And if anybody <laughs> doesn't know that, they should. So, oh okay. my
0: God, I feel so good now. I'm going to be like, oh, of course I moved the table. Sorry for editing. Uh, so, well, she's so yeah, then. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's like, you know what? It's casually Molly. The table would, you know what? I'll be like, Charlotte takes a tumble. I'm going to start dancing and then it's going to flip over. So it's going to be great. <laughs> but um, thank you. I appreciate it. The last question I'm going to ask you is what are you going to casually do now that our podcast is over?
1: I'm going to casually drive through bear country, back to my friend's beautiful place in Truckee, and I'm going to make a vegan butternut squash and tofu tahini sage lasagna. Okay. because that's how I cope with the anxiety of not knowing
0: what happens tomorrow with my life. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Sometimes, hey, I'm Italian. Sometimes you need a good lasagna. Trust me, it's one of my yeah. favorite. If I had more time, which I used to at a certain point, but now it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to make. So it just takes a minute, but maybe someday when you come back to St. Louis, I'll make you some lasagna. We'll do that.
1: Oh, don't tease me. I don't know if you know, we weren't friends at the time and you probably didn't see this far back, but like the first thing that blew up on my Facebook was when I got engaged to lasagna. So like we're seeing other people, but it's real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the best engagement ever. So that, and like pizza is like a slow second up there. But for me, at least I like both. Well, we'll make it work. We'll get you back. You know what? Maybe we can reconnect you in lasagna. I can't wait. Shout out to Pizza Head Vegan Pizza. They're
1: really good. Get them if you're in St. Louis. Yes, I
0: know exactly where that is because I was right around that area. Pizza Head is really good, so shout out to them. Maybe they'll sponsor us at some point. (laughs) Not sponsored, but we do love Pizza Head. Well, thank you very much, Rena. I appreciate <laughs> Thanks, it. And I'm gonna Molly. let you drive through Bear Country now. <laughs> Yay! <Awesome. laughs> thank you. Bye. See ya. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. It's true. It true. What's understood I don't even have to be explained, my nigga. Yeah. 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 I love y'all. Been yeah. through a lot, guess I expected too much Come A on. cruel world tells you your best is less And it's never enough uh-huh. I think I lost a couple yeah. homies Cause they ain't acting the same mm-hmm. Unpacking my shame While standing in the dirt on my name I uh-huh. saw uh-huh. bruised being abused I kept it quiet and sunk okay. Nobody heard me yell for help, But I screamed the top of my lungs Ticket t- disappeared thing? on a nigga Then freaky called and hung up Started to think that yeah. if I sink My uh-huh. niggas won't give a fuck uh-huh. Like where my niggas when I'm hungry and trying to crash for a night, sure, crash like what night, niggas when I break down, crying about losing my wife, uh, losing secret my wife. things the people never seen, um, stacking up on me, and yeah. I was picked up by the ones some say was barely my niggas homies, barely I my guess mom. I'm bothered by the fact that I had to leave all yeah. I own, yeah. just to find yeah. peace, and that my homies will let me do it alone, I talk to niggas every day, uh, until I got with this woman, okay. I'm blindsided by it dog, cause I never saw the shit coming, damn Worse, yeah. yeah. I want to weep, I want to scream, but nothing yeah. was heard but this boss. But I just left a lot of shit that never got a resolve. I love my nigga, so I'm still on me be right there when they call. Wanting a oh, god trying hey. to get through to me. Nick signals keep confusing me. Uh. They're checking for your girl, but I ain't ready for them choosing me. just could've ended beautiful. Ooh. Could've went about it suitably, Ooh. but soon you'll see. Things you'll do to, me, yeah, to shame. me, and everybody cool with it. I guess they yeah. say it's hard. And I yeah. lost the light inside my eyes. I yeah, I was at pure shot, Imagine everything you love cruising first, then yeah. hit a The water, shit. Okay. Mad that I needed a place to stay. Uh, Mad nobody had shit to say. Mad that my Christmas was some shit. Mad that my homies was in my A. Thank you for, for giving me peace. Oh. Thank you for Kristen and Angie A. Oh. Thank you for Cornbread and Alan Gates. Oh. Thank you for Christian Will oh. really cake. Thank you for everyone who uh. listened and let me clown on my shoulder. Thank Come you for the people who pushed me forward when I said it was yeah. over. Fuck how yeah. things go and don't want your own fam to insult.